RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 3, Episode 11, The Quester Tapes Publicity, 1974. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Hey, Star Trek fans, ah, Star Trek background fans and canonistas, and you know what? Trekophiles with an F. And also, as we said when we began The Trek Files, those who look at all of Gene Roddenberry's works, because that's what we have here in the Trek Files, beyond mere Star Trek, all of his other projects, because they all show us something about the man and something that the man brought to Star Trek. And yes, all of those he hired to help him co-create this universe that we love so much. So today is one of those episodes that we've we've uh, focused our, our attention beyond merely Star Trek, because we have a lot of... We have a lot of material here in the Trek Files and Roddenberry's uh, HQ. We're going to look at his um, his project called Questor and the Questor Tapes, which, yes, is the android searching for humanity and is, is well quoted as a model for data. But what was that really about? We're going to take a dive uh, into, the, into some pictorial <laughs> aspects of Questor. We're going to get back to it later on in more in-depth. But I want to take advantage of some of the material we have here right now, and I want to take advantage of a special guest that we're going to welcome back to the show. So take a listen to a little bit of some of the outgrowth of his handiwork. You can find that, as always, at our Facebook page, The Trek Files. So follow along. We have a lot of photos this week. And one particular newspaper clipping. Take a listen to one part of that, and I'll be right back with our guest, and we'll talk about Questor today. Maybe it's the fiction fanatic in me, but I have never felt such tension on the television screen as I did in the final 20 minutes of the Questor tapes. If an android is the absolute machine, the Questor tapes is the absolute entertainment. I'm not going to get into the story, because that would just spoil it for you. Simply tune into Channel 5 tonight at 8 p.m. and have, as H.G. Wells would have put it, a look at the shape of things to come. Right, so Star Trek fans, uh, our Trekophiles out there, a little bit of change of pace this week. Um, we're going to look at Questor and what it meant in its time, what it meant in the development of, of Gene as a writer-producer, and what it meant for Star Trek down the line. And also what it meant for our guest, who is not a newbie to the Trek Files. I want to welcome back, uh, I think he's made a big hit here the recent weeks, Fred Bronson. It's so great to have you back again with us. Fred's a writer, a longtime publicist, a longtime writer, many credits, every, worked with Dick Clark for years. Of course, his, his uh, encounters with Star Trek off and on. We've had some delightful visits. But this is about the Questor, which apparently was on your plate when you were at NBC as publicist. You know, they, my boss knew that I was a science fiction fan and that Star Trek meant so much to me. So when we did a pilot called Questor with Gene Roddenberry, he said, you know, you got to take this one. And I gladly did. Well, first of all, welcome back. I want to make sure. Thanks, Larry. Great to be back. Say that. And the fact that we've, yes, got Questor here in Gene's bag of tricks. And what that means ultimately, we think about data primarily, 
um, and the impact that Quester had, but it's also more than that, right? You see a lot of the Roddenberry vision in Quester, and it's it's sad that it didn't. It was a pilot, a two-hour a telemovie. Scripts were written; they funded yes. scripting, but just never sold and never shot. So, yeah. what do, what do you remember of that in, from your perch as a like you said, sci-fi fan and, and publicist at NBC? Well, I remember. Uh between the time that we it was produced and the time it aired, there was a long gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least it seemed quite long at the time. It, it, it wasn't a, a question where it was made and it was thrown on the air. It was a pilot for a series. And I thought it was great news when NBC said, you know, we're going to do this as a series. It's a mm-hmm. go. And I started getting the scripts in my office. And there were at least six scripts written that I remember. They had an order for 13, but they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then the plug got pulled, and that was the end of Questor. <laughs> uh, I know at one point we thought it might come back uh, under under Majel, but it, it that didn't happen either. Right. I thought it was a great pilot. First of all, uh, it was different from Star Trek, so it gave Gene a chance to write from a mm-hmm. different point of view. Maybe kind of assignment Earth Ish. I was just thinking that, yes. Yeah, because it was about an android built by aliens sent to Earth to help us. To, to silently guide and help. Yes, right. so very assignment. Rather than a human raised by aliens and sent back to Earth. Right, to, uh, a completely yeah. different story. <laughs> <laughs> and then he cast it with two brilliant actors. Uh, Robert Foxworth played right. the android. And Mike Farrell played his human companion. I'm guessing when Mike looks back at his career, he's probably happy Quester didn't go because he got MASH, which was kind of a big deal. Right. Well, I'm trying to think. He uh, Midway in MASH's run. Yes. Uh, right. Yes. Basically replacing uh, Trapper John. Right. After three, four seasons, something like that. I believe like that. that's right, so yeah. yeah. it would have been just a year, within a year or two. Yeah, I think if Quester had been going, he wouldn't have been available for MASH, so you never know how these things are going to work out. Right, and then Robert Foxworth uh, winds up working with Gene later on. Yes. Uh, well, not Gene, but... Well, he's Star twice, Trek. He's in Star Trek twice. He's Admiral yeah. Layton in the martial arts. <laughs> in the martial arts. Um, yes, he's, he's uh, Admiral Thomas Layton in the... Uh, in, in the two-parter DS9, uh, Homefront and uh, Paradise Lost. Right. The martial law episodes. Right. And he's um, Velos, the Romulan in Vulcan's clothing on Enterprise. Yes. Who's leading the Vulcans astray. Uh, so, no, great actor. Great actor. I and always thought, even before I saw him in Quester, I was always a fan of Robert Foxworth. It just, And he was, they were both were, actually. Bob and Mike were just great people to work with. I really, really enjoyed that experience. Yeah. They both had, well, they both had really good careers. You can kind of tell when they're talented and are capable of getting along with people. Right. So, Fred, I know this is your third time with us, but uh, just for everybody listening, as we always have, we have our document of the week or documents at Facebook, and we're a little bit different time. We're, we're more of a photo image gallery this week, but we do have a piece. I don't know if it was inspired by your handiwork as a publicist. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, this illustrious columnist, uh, Richard uh, George, George Gephardt, in uh, Victoria, which is this is kind of a gossipy TV column wannabe in right. Canada, in the Victoria in the uh, in the Vancouver area. But here's someone who's commemorating the debut of Quester tapes in Canada. 
and it's a little, you saw this a little over the map, but between this and these photos, I thought we can have a, a kind of a discussion about Quester. We're going to get into Quester in later episodes, but I wanted to have you here. You probably commissioned some of these photos with photographers. I did. I mean, part of my job was to hire a still photographer, uh, bring that photographer to the set, and work with him or her all day long. Uh, some of it was shooting things they were actually filming, mm-hmm. and some of it was setting up photos just for stills, right. like like PR shots. What if Gene and Majel? Obviously, Gene came to the set, and I thought, well, we got to get him and Majel together. That's that's just a natural. Well, that's let's let's just take a second and go back now. Um, uh, so Robert Foxworth plays Questor, the android who's recreated. In fact, I should have you. Why don't you refresh us on the basic plot of the? Uh, well. It it was pretty simple, right? Uh, the basic plot was uh, an alien race sends an android to Earth to help us, to guide us. Uh, that's why it kind of rings a bell with assignment Earth. And the android has a human companion. So the android is actually starts out as a formless figure that gets built and turns into Robert Foxworth once... He's built, so he looks human, uh, and of course, as you said, uh, a lot of people think Data, you know, was born out of out of Questor. Yeah, the basic spine, the basic arc for Questor. Yeah, yeah. But then the and uh, and going back to the actual pilot, that was meant to be a continuing show where he's right. he's on a Questor <laughs> <laughs> to find his humanity in different ways. But the pilot right. premise was that his actual creator. This Doctor Vaslovic, right? That um, that renowned actor Lou Ayers played yes. from the stage and in classic movie days. Yes, they can't. He's disappeared after giving pieces of the Quester recipe to this team of scientists that Jerry Robinson, which is Mike Farrell's character, is right. on. And John Vernon's the head of uh, Jeffrey Darrow is the head of the team, and they're disagreeing about how to put him together. And in the process of putting him together by the absent Dr. Vaslovic now, who's right. mysteriously disappeared, they botch his assembly, and they think they've ruined him. But he, after he's left alone, he puts himself together, but he's got some ruined memory tape. So he doesn't know his creator or what he's right. right. And so there's your initial incident. But the cast, here's a couple of names we might recognize. There's a character named Lady Helena Trimble. It was named for yes. uh, Bijo, right. Dana Winter. But also Majel is in this is as a doctor. Yeah. Yes, working on the team. Working on the, the team. And, team. And Walter is in this as administrative assistant. Right, he didn't have a name. <laughs> didn't That's even have so a sad. name. But, well, you know, it, it was fine. <clears throat> another, tw- another uh, what, eight years and he'd be second officer on the Rich Alliance. So he's, he'll work his way up. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so it was long. And Gene Kuhn worked with Gene to conceive this. He gets a byline. Of course, Gene, uh, this is where Gene Kuhn has cancer and dies suddenly in 73, right. so he doesn't see it air right. even. Right. But uh, so yeah. there we've got, a, we've got some familiar faces from Star Trek involved. But what was your personal uh, memory of coming in contact with the project? Well, one thing it did was give me a chance to work more with Gene. Right. And get to know him better. He was on NBC. It was an NBC project. Uh, Around that same time, I guess a little later, he was doing Spectre for another network uh, over at Warner Brothers. Quester was based at uh, Universal. And uh, I had, as we discussed in a previous show, I had interviewed Gene for my college paper. 
But since this was before the animated Star Trek, this was really the first time that I got to work with him on a project. So I was setting up interviews for him mm-hmm. because obviously, first of all, I wanted to promote Gene, but I knew I knew that the the TV journalist corp would want to talk to Gene since they all loved his work on Star Trek and they well, interviewed the, him. The Star Trek bubble was starting to grow by this time. Fandom was certainly, yes. Right. The, the fame and the legend of Star Trek was starting to grow. Yes. And it was, it was well, by the time Quester aired, the animated Star Trek was on the air. But while we were, when we started production, it was before mm-hmm. the animated Star that Trek. That long-labored Quester production. Because we were yes. talking about March 73 for the animated series and debuts that fall. Right. And Quester is on the air finally in January. 74. 74. But I, we were working on it a year earlier. 72. Well, Gene Kuhn died in 73, so right. they were working on it together probably in 72. So, right. Yeah. So this, yeah. this on each end, <laughs> the first season of the animated, and Quester overlaps that on each yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a longer process. Yeah. So, so you're at NBC. Um, what was on your plate at the time to promote? I was working on the final season of Bonanza. Oh, okay. I was working on the cream fir- of the crop there. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I was ten years old when Bonanza went on the air. So to think that I actually, you know, the series was on long enough for me to catch up to it and work on it, and that's one of my favorite experiences ever. By the way, yeah. Well, that's I mean, a prestige show for and years they, and years. They treated me so well, even though I was the newbie in the last season and the kid. They treated me like I had been there for fourteen years. Oh. So they were great to me. And then I was working on the first season of Sanford and Son, which was another great experience. Oh, right. I right. loved working on that show. So those were the two my two main shows at the time that Quester okay. was what were some What were some dogs? I, we may have mentioned this before, but re- refresh us on what else was on your plate then. Well, later on, I worked on Buck Rogers, Man from Atlantis, oh, okay. yes. The Bionic Woman, Police Woman, Police Story. Uh, the Hollywood Squares, <laughs> yeah, uh, two game shows that are hosted by the same person. One was called The Wizard of Odds, yes, and the other was called High Rollers, and the host was Alex Trebek. Trebek. His early, yeah, his early pre- Alex Trebek. I got to work with Alex. Uh, I did the Bob Hope specials for seven years. Oh wow! Okay, so I had a lot of different. Oh, uh, The Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder, for those who remember. <laughs> yes. For those who remember. With the Star Trek uh, special he did yes. with everybody. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the cast and people yeah. Harlan on it. So was it, I mean, and you, you talked about this on the animated Star Trek. It, it was known <laughs> around the shop at NBC that if it was sci-fi, what, give it to Fred? Exactly. I mean, were there a lot of publicists? or were There you, were about 12 of us. Oh, okay. And everybody had different, you know, right. we covered the whole lineup, daytime, primetime, late night. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Every every show on the network, no matter what time of day mm-hmm. or what type of show, had a publicist assigned to it. Okay. So we would each have a number of shows. Uh, so it wasn't unusual to be doing four or five shows at the, at the same time. Right. So... 
in in that like you said you're hiring photographers you're writing copy you're you're press releases press releases interviewing the the actors to do story feature stories about them you're pinging the reporters you know at the major media outlets yes right or fielding the uh, queries for people local local media bringing reporters to the set to to take a look yeah mr Gephardt here i'm sure was knocking well, down your door <laughs> it's interesting i can't take any claim we had this one clip i know it's just a random clip it's no it's a great clip but the reason i can't take any credit we only worked with domestic press we did not work oh, with any international okay. Just press. over the boundary. Well, so the, the photos we have are so interesting. So, yes, we've got Majlin, the cast, and, and uh, he, again, these are coming out of Gene's files. So, obviously, right. they've got a good shot of he and sure. Majel on set. And he's holding the binder so you know he was the writer. Right. We don't want to get confused. Exactly. <laughs> well, you need a prop. We could have given him one of these tools to work on Questor, but... Uh, <laughs> It's probably better he had the script. Right. And we had these tape, these, uh, these uh, tape reels flown in from the Omaha Air Base here. Right. <laughs> from, from well, that Mars was very yesterday. futuristic, wasn't it? Yeah. Spinning Still around. six, seven years later, we've got that. So this is, this is the unformed Quester android on the, right. on the board, this particular one we're looking at. And so here's, yes, here's young B.J. Honeycutt, yes. a.k.a. Uh, in his Mike project Carroll. Quester uniform. Yeah, with the official patch on, yep. on these. Uh, looks like these are right out of uh, stock Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> coveralls almost right and yeah so this other angle of the the 70s tech but what what were your you know you commissioned these and here's a great one here now of, of the formed quester uh what was was this uh, the little gadget he had was there a i have prom? no idea what okay. that was well, it was something. probably something lying around on the set and we said hey let's grab that and <laughs> do that we've got one we they did have color in those days obviously we're into color uh, tv Right. We and when whenever I had a photographer on the set, we would shoot color and black and white. By mm-hmm. the way, most TV publications back then would use black and white, but you, we wanted to get cover. We're thinking ahead to getting a cover, so we would shoot color. Right. For that. some larger format. Yeah. Photography for yeah. things for colors or even posters. Right. Heaven forbid it got popular enough to put out a poster. Right. Uh, but yeah, most newspapers were still. I mean, color ink was three process and expensive. Yes. And, and black and white was what people used. Yeah. This one. This one single shot of him with his Project Quester. Right. Somebody needs to cosplay. <laughs> Somebody from Project Quester. I Wouldn't that be a that. great idea? I want to see that at SCLV yeah. or, yeah. or, or Comic-Con San Diego or something. I wish it were better known. You know, if, if someone hasn't seen this, they really should should look yeah. for it. Well, so as a publicist and as, as a Star Trek fan coming into Quester, what are the – and you were introduced to the project. Hey, Jeans. I mean, what was your memory of that? And say, well, if it's Gene, it's got to be – because, again, by this time, you've been a young fan, visited right. the original series set, written for the animated, been involved intimately with Gene and known them, Majel, and, and people like B. Joe, people around right. the network. You came at it as a network employee, much less a fan. What was your first thought about Quester? What was your excitement? I can't wait it? for this to be on the air as a series because we need Gene Roddenberry back on weekly television. <laughs> and I was convinced that this was going to go. And then when NBC picked it up, I was right, except I wasn't. What happened? What was the take back on the order? Because they paid for scripts. They did. Um, I don't know the real story mm-hmm. of, of what I really don't. Uh, someone made a decision, and where who that person was, I, I never actually yeah. found out. But Even uh, after spending the money. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
someone decided to cut bait, I guess. Maybe they didn't like the... I don't know, but maybe they didn't like the direction of the scripts, or maybe, you know, uh, maybe Gene said something because he, you know, he like he had his own opinions, right? As, as he should about it's his show. Well, some of the some of the uh, revelation we've had since then was they wanted to do away with the Jerry Robinson character and just. Have I've it heard be that, solo. but but he's in all the scripts. Yeah, well, maybe rewrite and re-yank or whatever. Yeah, or maybe yeah. it was one of those Gene went off and did his own thing after getting eight telegrams not to and. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I maybe, but there were obviously there were other people involved as well. And if if they decided to drop the Jerry Robinson character, it would have been after those scripts were written. And right. uh, you know, so I, I don't know though. Anyway, a sad, your job went on. Obviously, you had enough on your plate, but oh, yeah. sadness for you to yeah. to lose. Yeah, I really wanted. Well, first of all, to have a a longer working relationship mm-hmm. with Gene. Uh, when we were producing Questor, when we started. I didn't know that there was going to be an animated Star Trek because it was, you know, ahead of that. Right. Uh, it's like when Star Trek went off the air, I thought, well, that's that. Well, there'll never be another episode of Star Trek, even though I would dream there were new episodes. And I'd actually dream that I was reading TV Guide. So when Next Generation came on, it was a dream come true. You were dreaming the whole time about having another chance to sell and write a script. Well, that too. That too. That too. Well, you know, we're going to get into Questor much more in coming episodes. But since you were the guy behind the photos here, it was a delight to pull some of these out and and get get some of our Trekophiles used to thinking what Questor might have meant philosophically and, like you said, in the physical world, in the real world. And I still think about the show a lot because I have four of the photos from our shoot on my wall in my hallway oh, okay. so every, every i pass by quester photos every single day every single day well fred thanks again for dropping by and shedding some light on another part of your forrest gump interaction <laughs> with star trek and gene roddenberry and also a part of uh, beyond the world beyond star trek that had an impact on the roddenberry universe and the star trek universe so um thanks again for coming by always great to be here we will see you again sometime i'm sure i'd love to come back okay the trek files is produced by roddenberry entertainment executive producer rod roddenberry additional production by ken ray all of our documents are available at facebook.com slash the trek files for more great podcasts check out podcast.roddenberry.com And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek at Portal 47. That's me at LarryNimacek.com. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.